As I lay thee down to sleep, I pray the Lord just fucking kill me. And we're rolling. Welcome back to another episode of the Movie Nights Roundtable. Listen, t- tell me I won't start it there. I will. I'm not cutting this out either. This is for everyone. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good. We're in like our little makeshift studio from the, yes. the new place. Move in pending. Yes. yes. Nothing's final on the look. Watch. We never change it. it just stays <laughs> it's <this>. never changing. <laughs> but yes, uh, welcome to the show, everyone. We have an exciting show for you guys today. Lots of news to talk about. Lots of news. Big news week. Big, big news week. So we're going to dive right into it. Nicholas, what do you got for us first? Our first story comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. After the launch of Echo... Marvel has restarted production on Daredevil Born Again. Yes, yes, very true. And the uh, article on THR goes into a lot of different fun things about the Daredevil series, the Born Again that's now restarted after its creative overhaul. One of them being that Philip Silvera, who acted as a stunt and fight coordinator on the Netflix version, has returned it as the stunt coordinator and second unit director for the series. Thank you. I hope that's just not on camera at all. <laughs> it's just completely off. <laughs> but but yeah, I that's really exciting news. Hopefully they can bring back Chris Brewster as uh, Charlie Cox's double because mm-hmm. he was an excellent double. I don't know if they're going to bring him back, but and we have the Punisher showrunner or Punisher Punisher writer writer doing yeah, yeah, he is the showrunner and it's being directed by um, Benson and Moorhead. Right, who did the, a bunch of episodes from Loki season two? Yep, Miss Marvel as well. Miss Marvel, did they do Moon Knight? I think so. Wait, no, no, no. Did they didn't do Miss Marvel. They did Moon Knight. They did Moon Knight. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, wrong show. Oh, the um the brothers uh Batgirl. They, they did, did they Ms. did Marvel. Marvel. That's right. That's right. Okay. The article also mentioned something that I found really interesting and it says that they're really going to dive into the street level side of the MCU now. Finally. And not only that, but Echo did so well. It premiered number 1 on Disney Plus and on Hulu. Mhm. And that people have gone back, and the numbers for Daredevil seasons one and two, and The Punisher and Hawkeye have bumped up. Hell yeah! So, please make more R-rated shit, and uh, <laughs> please please give us more street level stuff because I've always loved street level MCU, MCU stuff, like very much so. But didn't uh, Vincent D'Onofrio have some stuff to say too about yes. the uh, that, show length? Yes. Um. Basically, it's going to be more in line with the Netflix series of around 13 episodes. It's not going to exactly be 18 anymore. And they might split it up between like part one and part two mm-hmm. because, you know, contracts. They don't want to say it's season two and give people raises. Yeah. But um, at the same time, he also mentioned that the decision to canonize them actually came from that creative overhaul mm-hmm. from when they threw everything out and then restarted, which, hey. The journey to get there doesn't matter. We fucking got it. <laughs> I'm happy about it. What what I'm actually most intrigued by, because we, we talked about last week, uh, Karen and Foggy are coming back. Yes. Um, but Vanessa was recast. Mm. And I wonder if that was part of the creative, if that was part of just the new reboot. Yeah. Or if it was part of just contract or the actors just passing. Right. So I'm curious if they'll go back, if it was just part of the reboot, yeah. if they're going to bring her back. Yeah. Well, I'm sure when filming, since filming's just started, I'm sure we'll see... Set them filming outside, something going on, yeah. And um, another THR report also mentions that of everything they've shot, they have about six episodes worth of material. They're going to keep some of it to fill out that six episodes, mm-hmm. and they wrote around a lot of it, but they're completely scrapping the pilot, doing a whole new pilot. Oh, wow. And a lot of the stuff contextually going into the six episodes, they're going to reshoot and finish out. So, you know, they're not completely starting over. They are creatively, but mm-hmm. like, 
some of the storylines that they shot, they're going to keep intact. So like so. episodes one through six might be a little choppy. I don't, know, I don't know about choppy, but I think they're going to be more courtroom based. Gotcha. Because we know that that was a big portion of the, what the show was going to be, mm-hmm. was being very courtroom based. So, All right. Yeah. All right, listen, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited too. What's the next Marvel thing? Agatha? Uh, TV wise? Live action TV wise, yes. I think we get X-Men 97 and... This year? Yeah. Oh. And uh, maybe one more that I'm not remembering. Spider-Man one? Who knows when that's coming out. <laughs> zombies we might get zombies this year we might but live action is agatha all along they they keep changing it but i think i think that's the final one all right cool but uh but yeah um daredevil is starting back on production and a whole lot more information has come out about it what do you guys think please let us know in the comments down below let's move on to our next story i know you're particularly excited about this story nick so do you want to go ahead and let us know yeah the next story comes to us from variety uh Pauly Shore is set to play Richard Simmons in a new biopic. This is true. This is true. Pretty good casting. It's great casting, but there is some drama going on with this that you actually pointed out to me right before we started filming. Yes. uh, My understanding is that this is a unauthorized biopic (laughs) and that Richard Simmons was like, no one talked to me about this. I'm just trying to live my peaceful, quiet life. Yeah. And that was his comment. He didn't say, why are they doing this? They shouldn't. He just said, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. So I mean, hey, we'll we'll see how it goes. It's it's great casting and bad casting because Polly Shore could pull it off like the look wise, yeah. but he's not a good actor. Well, listen, listen, we've seen the Brendan Fraser comeback, right? We've seen many other comebacks before. We're gonna get the we Rock. got Kihu Kwan. We're gonna get the Rock's Mike Kerr uh, yep. biopic he's yep. doing for A twenty four. Basically, what we're saying is Polly Shore is going to win an Oscar. Listen, that's the hope. If the entire cast of Encino Man could just go ahead and take him home. I think we got this. Can we? Can you bet on Oscars like actual can. money? Can I? Can I place a bet now for Polish for winning an Oscar? <laughs> I don't know if you could place think about it this the odds. Far out. Think about the odds. Yeah, no, but I know. I think there are Vegas. You can do Vegas odds on Academy Awards. I think. I think. Ooh. Yeah. Don't don't tell. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, don't worry. There, there's a room right here for you when you lose your house, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No problem. But yeah, listen. Uh, I'm intrigued by this idea. I know Pauly Shore has wanted to do this for some time. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this. I'm pretty sure he's also going to play him in a short film already. Yep. Um, it says the biopic follows an unrelated short film about Simmons from director and writer Jake Lewis, which will also star uh, Pauly Shore as Gene, uh, uh, not Gene Simmons. <laughs> from Kiss? Richard Can Simmons. Can you imagine Pauly Shore playing Gene Simmons? Oh, my God. He's a man of many talents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it said um, it's going to premiere at Sundance. Okay. Oh, um, that's, so that's like right happening right now. And then after premiering in Park City, uh, the court jester will immediately be available worldwide on the YouTubes. Oh. So we'll know right away how good the performance will be or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This is exciting. See, and then we'll get into, is it going to be a best adapted screenplay? Because it was a <laughs> short film. <laughs> Can't wait to get into that again. But uh, but yeah, um, look, I thought this was kind of exciting news. Uh, hopefully, Polly Shore can do great. You know, obviously, if the YouTube video comes out and it just falls Awful. flat, this film probably won't happen. But uh, but yeah, what what do you guys think about Polly Shore playing Richard Simmons in a new biopic? Let us know in the comments below as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Our next story comes to us from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield joins Mark Wahlberg in Shane Black's Play Dirty. Listen. All you had to tell me was we're getting a new Shane Black movie, and I'm I'm there. I'm good. It's an easy sell for me. It's it's really that easy. 
uh, I think we are one of six people who enjoyed Shane Black's Predator movie. Yes. And not just enjoy. And the other four in our friend group. Yes. <laughs> and not just enjoy. I, I really like that movie. I, I own it. Is it? I same. I bought it. Is it? Is it like amazing? <coughs> Bless you. No. But I think the cast is having a hell of a time. I mm-hmm. think the banter between everyone's great. And I thought it was really fucking fun. And Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown in the Shane Black's Predator movie is one of my favorite villain performances of all time. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I love his performance. Anyway, his new film uh, will star, now we know, Lakeith Stanfield, but also uh, Mark Wahlberg in a movie called Play Dirty coming from Amazon MGM Studios. Apparently it's an adaptation of a novel. As a hardened professional thief who is naturally double-crossed and left for dead, his hunt for revenge, however, brings up brings with it a shot at the biggest heist of his career. But per the studio, even with the help of his partner, an actor-slash-con artist named Grofield, he's still, he'll still need to outsmart a South American dictator, the New York mob, and the world's richest man if he hopes to stay alive. If this does not have... Shane Black, written all over it. I don't know what does. That's true. You know who confuses me, though, is Lakeith Stanfield. Why is that? Well, because he came out of the gate, Mm -hmm. right? He was in all these interesting movies, Mm -hmm. very complex, thematically rich, you know, big swings, like, um, what's the one, Uh, Sorry to Bother You? Yes. You know, these movies, and in interviews and stuff, he kind of always came across as, like, not pretentious, that's not the right, but, like, very interested in those kinds of movies yeah. and like that's where he wants to thrive and then he just did haunted mansion for disney yeah. and now he's doing a mark Wahlberg action movie listen it's a, it's a, it's a, listen get get the bag he's yeah. a great actor yeah no. it's just very funny like to watch that like change yeah he, he's a fantastic actor and oh, yeah. i i recently got to see i didn't review it but i got to see book of clarence mm-hmm which uh, I am mixed on. I think it does a lot of things really well in terms sort of being like a satirical story, but I also think it does it falls short in a lot of areas, kind of undoing some of the arcs it had set up previously. Like most satires. Sure. <laughs> but uh, Lakey Stanfield, amazing in it. He's, he's amazing in everything. Mm-hmm. And um, li- like you said, uh, while he kind of goes in, in and outs of the type of project he does for his career, I do think that this is a great project for him. And I am really excited to see what happens. Oh, he was great in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah as well. Him and Daniel Kaluuya. That's a great movie. Well, didn't he get an Oscar nomination for it? He did. Yeah. He did. Listen, don't get me wrong. I liked Haunted Mansion. And he was good in it. Like, his character did have, like, an interesting storyline, which mm-hmm. is probably why he took it on. But at the end of the day, it was... Listen, I, I, I still feel like that movie was just cut to shit. Because it was also Justin Simeon making it, who had made... Um, I think he made Dear White People, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So it was from a director who had made a lot of independent, mm-hmm. down-to-earth projects like that, which is probably what attracted Lakeith Stanfield to the movie. Yeah. And then it just became a Disney movie in the gotcha. end. But, but yeah. Well, listen, Shane Black, I'm there. I There's a lot of good castings that could be happening on top of this, because obviously I assume Mark Wahlberg and Stanfield are whatever their names are, and the Yeah, it, con say, it says here that Stanfield will play Grofield, the con artist. Yeah, so you still have a South American dictator to cast, a New York mob to cast, and the world's richest man. Yeah. And you know who likes to work with Shane Black? Robert Downey Jr. It says here he's exec producing already. And he could play the world's richest man. Yes, he could. He already has. Let's get Russell Crowe back. Yes. And then we can really get Nice Guys 2 happening. No, listen, give me the Nice Guys TV show. But but it has to be Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. It would have to be them. It would have to be them. Yes. Like give me like thirteen episodes, 
I would not leave my house. I would watch that on repeat. You know what actually looks pretty good, though? This is a weird pivot, but you'll say the, the Gentleman TV show. It does look good. I was intrigued. It does look good, yes. I, uh, I'm i waiting a little bit because um, they haven't put it up. It is officially on the Netflix media site, but they haven't like plastered it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna email the publicist and say, hey, I'd like to watch this early, please, <laughs> and see if they let me. I hope they let me. It'd be pretty good. Yes, yes. I already did with Avatar, so fingers crossed on there. <laughs> But uh, but uh, what do you guys think about Lakeith Stanfield joining Shane Black's new movie? And are you excited for the new Shane Black movie? I know I fucking am. Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Uh, speaking of directors and actor pairings that we love, Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Yes, next one comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan are reteaming for a secret genre movie. And that is all you had to say. I'm there. And that's all we have to say because this thing is on lockdown. It is on lock. And, but listen, Ryan Coogler, I think one of the best filmmakers working today. I'm happy to see that he's getting a bit of a break from Black Panther because while I think he does a great job with those movies, I think everyone just kind of needs a little bit of a creative reset. Uh, I've said over and over again, I think the reason why the Dark Knight trilogy is so solid is because he did a movie in between each. And he was able to kind of get out of that world, do something, and go back into it with a new perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great thing for Ryan Coogler. Um, I still, it's a cardinal sin of mine. I still have not seen Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's a great movie. I still haven't seen it. I love Creed. I love Black Panther. I really like Black Panther too. I think Ryan Coogler is an amazing director. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from the article here about this new film. Uh, this is the first spec script from Coogler through his production company, Proximity Media. That's interesting. His only other spec was his 2013 hit breakthrough for Phil Station. This new one is fully internally developed project. It's based on the original idea from Coogler, who will serve as the lead producer. Producing with Coogler is Zinzi Coogler and Sev Onion. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. The project is operating under such a veil secrecy that little is known about it. In fact, executives and buyers were forced to make the pilgrimage to the Beverly Hills offices of WME, the agency that represents Coogler and Michael B. Jordan, who's starring in the film, in order to take the gander at the script and get details. Those meetings took place last week, so they wouldn't even send it. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I wish I had that power. But um, Coogler and his team are being methodical. The second step is occurring this week, which interested parties meeting with the filmmaker to hear him lay out his vision. A production commitment will be asked. Oh, here we go. This project is being described as a genre feature that, however, is a wide-ranging term that encompasses horror and its subsets as well as thriller, science fiction, and fantasy. Two sources have said that it is a period. there is a period element to the story. Coogler's camp had no comment. I would fully be down for high fantasy Michael B. Jordan. So would I. I'm going to get... This is a pure guess. It's probably a fucking vampire movie. Interesting. It's a period piece genre film. I mean, that's just where my mind goes. Michael B. Jordan as a vampire? Dude. Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? As Dracula. He'd be brilliant. He better be Dracula. Yes. I would love that too. Um, I think that's a fair guess because we have seen a lot of revamps of the classic horror movies revamps uh, revamps uh, uh don't we have a we have a wolfman movie coming out yes uh we have um isn't there a frankenstein in the works there's a bride of frankenstein yes. maggie gyllenhaal's movie yes uh there was a movie that just premiered at sundance um your monster mm-hmm. that i've heard fantastic things it's a rom-com before. horror it's a rom-com horror yeah um, and you just had like Last Voyage of the Demeter, Renfield, all those were last year, and those were all va- vampire Dracula movies. 
So it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, I feel like when people say it's a genre movie, my mind always does just go straight to horror. Same. Same. Yeah. But hey, listen, maybe it's not horror at all. Maybe it's a battle amongst the stars, which I would love to see with Ryan Coogler. But uh, what do you guys think about Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler teaming up again to make a new genre film? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. And Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Our next story comes to us from Deadline. Uh, the Fableman star, Gabriel LaBelle, is set to play Lorne Michaels in Sony's SNL 1975. Cooper Hoffman and Rachel Sennett have also joined the ensemble. Yes, this is exciting for many reasons. One, uh, apparently it's going to be about the opening of Saturday Night Live and everything leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And Jason Reitman is directing, who I love. I think he's a fantastic filmmaker. I think it's an interesting choice to have Gabriel LaBelle play Lorne Michaels. I'm surprised it took him this long to even get a next big project, really, because I thought he was a breakout in The Fablemans. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that Cooper Hoffman's going to play uh, Dick Ebersol and that Rachel Sinnett's going to play Rosie Shuster. Um, I, here's what I wonder, and I don't know if this has been announced yet or not. I want to know who is playing George Carlin because he was the first ever host. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you get for that? Cause that's an impossible role to play. I want to know who was the 1975, like who was the, who was the premier cast? Oh, <clears throat> oh, and Hoffman. The other guy in it, he was the lead in Licorice Pizza. He's a really good actor as well. The host was, in fact, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the cast list that you got, though, too, I mean, oh, I'm not going to list all of them, but, mm-hmm. like, your big ones, you got John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and Chevy Chase. Who the hell is going to play them? Like, who do you get like, to yeah. play any of that? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And... I wonder the I'm I'm wondering about the style of the movie. Is it going to be like Steve Jobs, where it just takes place backstage and that it never leaves, and then it just kind of goes through time? Is it going to? You don't even see George Carlin. Yeah, is it going to be about like the the just the whole lead up to it, where you you get into a writer's room, pitches like I'm going to do this sketch comedy show. Like mm-hmm. I'm just curious about the movie and Jason, Jessica, like I said, Jason Reitman, love him. Yeah. And uh, he is very good at kind of pacing out interpersonal stories where he can make something that feels very grounded and personal and make it feel like it's bigger and raise the stakes. Like Juno is a fantastic movie, and every second of that movie feels high stakes, even though it's a very small story. And so with something that's in the show business world, with Jason Reitman attached, I'm very curious to see kind of how that plays out and to see if he's able to kind of make those stakes feel real as he does in his other films. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have to, I'd almost want it kind of in the same style, uh, like Blackberry was made. Oh yeah. Like that would that, be cool. That feel. Yeah. Like, put the grain on there, put the camera just fucking whiplashing like back documentary and forth. Style, everyone's yeah. just losing. Everyone's unhinged. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, be interesting, but I, I would, I would definitely be interested to see how the, old cast factors into it mm-hmm. and if they will who they'll cast if it'll be like unknown or known people depending on the size of the role um and if they'll actually get uh some of them as well like obviously he has a very close relationship with uh dan Aykroyd, yeah having done ghostbusters yeah, afterlife true. and all the ghostbusters with yeah. ivan reitman and, as well. yeah and they were probably really close exactly with yeah. yeah so I, I mean i think it's a great project for jason reitman to be taking on i think that's a great directing choice I'm just interested to see how everything else plays out. I'd be very excited. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about this movie. I wonder if it's going to be, because we're assuming it'd be like almost comedic, but I wonder if it's going to be like a hard drama, because yeah. I'm sure creating the show had a lot of drama to it. Yeah. 
So yeah, that would be that. I'm interested. Basically, I'm interested to just find out more about this movie, even to, seeing it. And like Jason Ryman's making it, I'm gonna go watch it. But yeah, Gary Oldman, George Carlin. I think he's a bit too too old. Too old. Yeah, because George Carlin, while he wasn't young, he wasn't like the the old old guy that you remember. That's fair. I always go to the old. Yeah. George Carlin, SNL. Oh, he was. He had brown hair. Yeah. Hmm. Charlie Day. <laughs> yes, but he doesn't do anything to his voice. It's just Charlie Day. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I'm in. I don't know. Looking at him, I, I feel like there's de- Ethan Hawke. Yes. The answer is yes. We, we'll, we will accept Ethan Hawke as George Carlin. 100%. <laughs> I was just looking at the photo trying to think who could pull it off. Just because like my... My understanding of Ethan Hawke is like he he likes fun shit. Yeah. Even though he doesn't star, like he normally stars in very serious things. But like I'm sure if someone said, "Do you want to play George Carlin?" He'd be like, "Oh fuck yeah, absolutely! <laughs> like, I want to play George do Carlin." It. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think about this SNL movie directed by Jason Reitman? Are you excited? Do you want to learn more about it? Keep following the show and let us know in the comments what you think as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Our next story comes to us from Deadline, and it's a doozy. Doozy. It's going to probably upset I know one person. <laughs> Man, should we call him and see if he'll answer our call? <laughs> the Harry Potter TV series yeah. has zeroed in on prem zeroes in on premise as selected writers pitch their ideas to Max. Yes, so we reported last year on the show that Max was going to be developing some sort of Harry Potter show. At the time, it was believed it was going to be like a full reboot of the series. And while that's certainly still on the table, it seems like now that the writers who are pitching to them are just pitching whatever Harry Potter show they want, and they're going to go with the one they like the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Deadline, uh, some of the writers who are pitching are going to be uh, Martha Hiller, Kathleen Jordan, Tom Moran, Michael Leslie, and just, you know, I'm sure when you hear Harry Potter pitch your story, there are going to be other writers that go and try to do it as well. Oh, yeah. Although there are also going to be writers who are like, hell no. like I'm not touching that. Yeah, yeah. Especially not with uh, Voldemort uh, executive producing. Yeah. That's true. That report came out. Wait, Ray Fiennes is executive producing? Uh, no, I didn't want to say her name. That's fucking funny, dude. <laughs> That's funny. That's really fucking funny. But here's the thing, though. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, no. I knew it was going to happen. Just I because just... from from what I understand, from I, I just know a lot of people who work at Universal. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, in her contract from the beginning when yeah. she made those movies, it's like, I am fucking involved in this like forever. Mm-hmm. And to the point where like they've had to completely redo stuff because she was like, no. So that doesn't surprise me at all. And, and I think that's something that you're not just going to get out of. No, no, no. Listen, smart businesswoman, bad person. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Which I feel like is already something going against the series. Yeah, you know, but, like but, it's... but I think that there's going to be there's going to be goodwill and bad will mm-hmm. with this show. There, there's going to be the bad will of you know her involvement, but there's also going to be the bad will of people who are just like, I don't want anything rebooted because that's what I grew up with, and it's the same song and dance we see from people with the 70s and 80s, 90s. Now it's just gonna, it's never going to stop. But I also think that um, the goodwill of this is more Harry Potter, especially if the pitch they accept is the original cast is coming back. You you tell me. So <coughs> listen, we're talking about our friend Kyler, who's going to be upset by this news. You're telling me they announced that the original three are coming back, that he's not going to be a little bit excited. That's a to- that's a coin toss. Coin toss? Mm-hmm. I'm calling him. 
Kyler, hello, you're on the roundtable. What's up? So we're talking about how uh, the new Harry Potter show is taking pitches from writers. And we, okay. and we immediately just thought how naturally upset you would be. But then in the article, it explains that they're not really committed to what story they're going to go with. They're just hearing pitches. So then that turned into, well, maybe one of the pitches is bringing back the original cast and doing some sort of sequel, whether it be Curse the Child or whatever. So mm. you're, since you're very passionate about this subject. And my question to you was, naturally, when they announced this, you immediately had ill will, for better or worse. If they announce, sure. if they announce that the cast is coming back, like all three, does that change your mind? Uh, it, I think I think I'm still going to be apprehensive because I mean, it's the equivalent of let's say Jurassic World Dominion. Just because you bring back the main good cast point. doesn't make me like it more. That's a good point. Uh, it feels like they're that it, it could be good or it could just be a cheap shot at nostalgia to try and get more viewers. A hundred percent. I think remaking the story could be good, maybe, but also I don't think so. I think Uh I would prefer them to create something entirely new, whereas, you know, like, sure, they struck out with Fantastic Beasts. I think it's horrible, but at least they tried something new. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Um, fair. I'd rather them not remake something that is still beloved to this day. Like, the movies are, what, over 20 years old or whatever? Yeah. Uh, Like, since the first one, anyway. Mm -hmm. And people still watch them every year, myself included. So maybe they should make a new story or try and do something different for a new generation instead of remaking something that people still like today. Well, you've always been pro, like, making something about the houses, right? Like, the founding? Yeah, I mean, my, my pitch would be to make a uh, TV limited series or uh, uh, movies about how each of the houses came to be like with Godric Gryffindor or with Slytherin that would be a really cool show showing like prequel before Hogwarts was a thing how did they each come up and become masters of their craft before Hogwarts became Hogwarts mm-hmm. see my pitch would just be to have an entire series about a Peter Peg- Pettigrew when he was Scabbers and the whole thing is told from his perspective but but uh but yeah no listen uh thank you so much for taking my random call and for putting yourself on the internet and uh yeah thanks just wanted to get your opinion on this one more thing about that yes Uh, there is a fanfic tv uh, like uh web series i think it's called mudblood okay and it's very good and it's based off of fan fiction that's in like the harry potter uh, uh, ethosphere and all that and mm-hmm. people love it it was actually based off of like a series of writings and then they turned it into a live action series that you can watch on YouTube and it's super 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 popular it's just called you can tell that they love what they're doing it's a new story while still being honorable to what's already been created it's called and Mudblood what's even better is that they just do it because they love it, and they also actively disavow everything J.K. Rowling says. <laughs> so they, it's like they turn it into their own thing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Thank you for plugging that, and thank you for doing this, buddy. I appreciate it. Alrighty. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Um, what's interesting is looking at the writers previous works i know that's not a good like you mm-hmm. know indicator how much scripts change yeah the deck the halls people are apparently show running daredevil they were fired then but... they were fired <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Go but, on. You know, Hillier wrote, uh, worked on The Last Kingdom, which I heard was good. Okay. Jordan created the Netflix series Teenage Bounty Hunters, which I've not heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moron wrote The Devil's Hour, which I haven't heard of, mm-hmm. but it had Peter Capaldi in it. Oh, we love Peter Capaldi. Oh, The Devil's Hour. That was, um. Yeah, oh, oh, you're saying you put Peter Capaldi in Harry Potter. Yes. 100%. 100%. Then there's another one, and I know that the pitch is different, but based on this, Leslie wrote The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which was made for Warner Brothers mm-hmm. and made a bunch of money. Yep. Listen, I'm not saying there might be some bias that happens, but if I had to guess, my money's they're going to go with them. I would watch like a Triwizard Tournament show. I'd watch the shit out of a Triwizard Tournament show. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just saying. Just saying. But yeah, what do you guys think about uh, the Harry Potter TV show accepting pitches? And what pitch do you want to see? Tell us your Harry Potter pitch in the comments below. And that will conclude our news section of the show, but... There's still more. There's the best part, Nick. It is now time for the box office. The box office. That chair went deep. I did not (laughs) mess up in the move. Yeah, but that was nice. Uh, Anyway, Nicholas, can you pull up our predictions from last week? Yes. uh, Dalton, you had Mean Girls coming in number one. ISS number two. Beekeeper number three. Wonka number four. Anyone but you number five. Okay. I had Mean Girls number one. Beekeeper number two. ISS number three. Wonka number four. Anyone but you number five. We were both wrong, but you were the closest. What? So, ISS did not crack the top five. It looks like it's going to come in seventh place. So, let me go through the top five. Yes. Number one. Maintaining first was Mean Girls, making another $11.7 million. A 60% drop, though, from week one to week two. That's what happens when you lie about it being a musical. Number two was The Beekeeper, making another $8.4 million, only dropping 49% from week one to week two. Let's go. Uh, Wonka coming in third, staying in there, making another $6.4 million. Anyone But You coming in fourth, making another $5.4 million, only dropping 24% from week four to week five. That movie's a certified fucking hit now. It is. And Migration, staying in the top five, only dropping 15% from week four to week five, making $5.3 million. I saw Migration. Yeah. It was fine. I thought it was cute. I enjoyed it. It it was a little too kiddie, I thought, personally. You can be kiddie if you're 80 minutes, which it is. Yeah, I just. What did you think of the Despicable Me short that played in front of it? I thought that was too kiddie. I thought it was better than the movie. Oh, come on. (laughs) Only because I was genuinely shocked that they got Jason Siegel back. (laughs) Like, uh, he he didn't really speak much, and I was like, no, it's not Jason Siegel. And then they got to look like in the credits, I went, holy shit, get that bunny. (laughs) Good for you, man. Yes. I hope it was on his contract and he forgot about it. And he was like, God fucking damn it. That's why his eyes are like, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Let's dive into these numbers a bit more. Oh, I also want to point out Aquaman came in sixth and it only dropped 30% from week four to week five. Made 3.6 million. Mean Girls now has $66 million worldwide on a budget of 36. It's at 1.8. I think it'll eventually squeak over profitability. It'll break even. Good for Mean Girls. Uh, the Beekeeper has now made $38 million worldwide. I don't have a budget for it, but I, I I guessed it was for 40 so it's probably just around its production budget now, but it could have been made for a little bit more. I'm sure Jason Statham isn't cheap. Uh, Wonka has now passed $531 million worldwide. Certified hit, and it was made on a budget of 125 4.3 times its budget. Mm, 
we might see Timmy again there, but I'm smelling a sequel. <laughs> uh, anyone but you now has $100 million worldwide. The mid-budget rom-com made 100 worldwide. We're hey. back, baby. And uh, that was, I believe, made on a budget of around 25 I could be wrong, though. But hey, they're happy with this fucking result. Profitability. Hell yeah. Big time. And uh, Migration has now crossed 191. It's going to cross 200 million. Good for Migration. Had a bit of a slow start. On a production budget of 72, it's at 2.7. A. Good for Illumination. Migration to. <laughs> the flyback. The flyback. <laughs> <laughs> the return home. Yes. And uh, I let's look into Aquaman's number here. 396. It's going to pass 400 million. Good for Aquaman. <laughs> It's still not enough to get past its budget. First one made a billion. Yep. That's fine. Yep. Hey, it's made more than Black Adam, and that's all you can ask for at this point. Um, James it, Wan got paid. James Wan got paid. It was made on a budget of 205, so it's only at 1.9 its budget right now. Yowzers. Yowzers. And uh, like I said, ISS opened to three. Let's look at Night Swim. It's at 36 million worldwide. Mm. I don't imagine it costs that much. Oh, yeah, that Queen IMAX documentary came out. Made $2 million. Good for them. Good for them. Uh, but yes, Nicholas, I believe it is now that point in the show where we make our predictions for next week. Yes, and you said nothing comes out this Thursday. Nothing. The only thing that comes out is, I believe, it, I could be wrong. I want to say it's a fucking Fathom event. But it's uh, Cole Sprouse. It's like a rom- or Dylan Sprouse. One of the Sprouses. It's like a rom-com. Let me pull it up. Let me see what we got. Oh, Origin. Origin goes wide. Okay. Okay. I don't imagine it doing crazy numbers. Though. I mean, I think it'll do decent. You saw that one, right? I did. I really, really liked it. I thought it was quite good. How much did anyone but you make? 5.4. I'm going to go for a nutty guess here. You All right. Ready? You go, please. All right. So I originally had it just as the same top five, but I'm going crazy. Okay. So Mean Girls, number one. Okay. Beekeeper, number two. Go on. Wonka, number three. Go on. Origin, number four. Okay. The re-release of Godzilla, minus one, minus color, color. the black and white, comes into theaters. And I'm going to go with that for number five. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Oh, going to be way wrong. No, listen. Let's see what I, happens. I don't think it's a crazy prediction. He, here's mine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Mean Girls number one, uh, Beekeeper number two, Wonka number three, ISS number four. I think it's going to get a bump. I think it's had positive word of mouth. Okay. And Origin number five. All right. I think anyone but you, while it's been continually doing well, I think we're finally falling out of the, Mm -hmm. because Argyle's coming out soon. And you know what comes out after Argyle? What's that? Madam (laughs) Webb. Dude. Listen, I have not gotten my invite yet. I'm checking every day for that invite. We have one for Argyle, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we do. Come on. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm beyond excited. And here's the thing. Normally, if you don't get a screening and you think like you should get one, you typically ask like the other people in the group, like, hey, did you get one? And if they do, like they tell the person you get sent one. I'm so afraid to ask the other critics, like, did you get your Madam Web? <laughs> Like, I'm like I really, I really need to see this. I really movie. want to see it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, have yeah. you seen the photo of um, Adam Scott in it? Which one? So, with the fortune cookie. 
Yes, and everyone's saying it's yeah. So Adam, uh, Adam Scott is in Madam Web, mm-hmm. and it, uh, Parks and Rec, Severance, right? Great actor. Yeah, he looks like me. And everyone is the the rumor mill is that he is playing Uncle Ben. Yes, in the movie, you know, Uncle Ben, the one that gets shot, Spider Man, right? All that. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo that was released of him holding a fortune cookie, and while you can't say see what it says, everyone's like, honestly, if they do it, it'd be the stupidest thing ever, but I'd love it. It would be so bad. I would actually hate it. But that fortune cookie is going to say, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, listen. Probably. Or there must also be great response. You know the quote. Yeah. Listen, it wouldn't shock me at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a movie. I hope we get Vulture in a post credit scene. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so funny. I, by the way, fucking Dune is March 1st. Oh, shit, it is. Yeah. Those tickets got to be coming soon. Godspeed. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. Dude, they're putting um something back in IMAX for like one weekend. What was it? The original Dune? Yes. Immediately. <laughs> immediately sold out in Altamont. Holy shit. And I was like, fuck. I was going to try to get some. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. But oh, um, I want to rewatch the first Dune, like the Timmy one. Yeah, no, I... I do too. I love it. And uh, Hannah needs to just watch it because she slept the whole fucking movie when we saw it. <laughs> okay. You know, the only thing that bugged me about seeing Dune, one of the dual laser projectors was out and you could tell because the blacks were like um, noisy mm-hmm. and like, man, it was during the pandemic when we weren't getting that many movies and like, I wanted to say something so bad, and but I'm like, I, I can't be that guy. You were happy just to see Dune and Dolby. Yes, I can't be that guy <laughs> who's like, hey, I know your business is dying and you're really short staffed, but like you should fucking fix the projector. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. They, they did fix it eventually. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, that'll do it for today's show, guys. Yeah. Um, be on the lookout uh, for another episode where we react to the Oscar nominations, which come out very soon. And you probably saw our surprise video yesterday where we gave you our final nominations. We didn't fight at all about anything. Why? Why would we do that? <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you guys so much again for watching. And again, if you're audio listening only, you can get access to the video a few hours early the night before. We are pushing it back a little bit later than before just to give us some room, but you still get it the day before at night on YouTube. Again, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.